Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. Have you ever looked at four portraits of the same person taken from different vantage points, giving you different perspectives? Well, that's what you have when you come to the first four books of the New Testament. Now, they are four portraits, if you will, of the same person, and that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. They are variety in unity. Now, they are different. Uh, Matthew writes primarily to the Jewish mind. Mark writes to the Roman mind. Luke writes to the Greek mind. John really writes to everybody, to all of mankind. The first three gospel records, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are commonly referred to as the synoptic gospel records and because they give a synopsis. You see the whole thing, a comprehensive view. And basically, these three books cover the same ground. John, who writes the fourth and final gospel record, writes much later, and his record is more interpretive. He gives a great deal of spiritual insight on many of the events and records found in the first three gospel records. Now, why have four? Well, it would be like looking at four sides of a pillar. They all stand together to support one main character, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember that four is the number of the earth. There are four points of the compass and four dimensions and four seasons and four parts of the day and four material elements and four basic members of the family unit and on and on we could go. The point is, Four is the number of earth, and these four gospel records give us a view of Christ during His earthly life and ministry. And so I say again, we're looking at four portraits of the same person. Today, we begin with the first of those pictures, and that's found in the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew's gospel records. There are 28 chapters in this amazing book, and Matthew is a, a most appropriate transitional book from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Because Matthew is a book that is addressed primarily to the Hebrew mind. There are 53 quotations from the Old Testament in this one book. Now, there are 76 references to the Old Testament in this book. In fact, Matthew refers to 25 out of the 39 Old Testament books. It is a transitional book if there ever was one. And the Holy Spirit of God uses Matthew to help the Jewish believers come to understand that the Jehovah of the Old Testament is the Jesus of the New Testament. Now Matthew, the son of Alphaeus, also called Levi, is the man who's writing this particular gospel record. His name means the gift of God. He was a publican or a tax collector that was gloriously saved and Jesus changed him. He was a Jew from Galilee and so as a Jew, very, very fit that he would write to the Jewish mind. His book covers a span of more than 34 years. And what is his great message? Well, the key verse of the book unlocks it, and the key is found near the door. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now listen to those two phrases, the son of David, the son of Abraham. In that one verse, he is connected to both the royal line of David and the covenant given to Abraham. In other words, he's the fulfillment. This is the king that they were waiting on. 
As a matter of fact, the book's message is all about the king and his kingdom. The king, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the very first verse shows he's the fulfillment of both the Davidic and the Abrahamic covenants of the Old Testament. Christ is referred to as king at least five times in this book, but the great message is about his kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And what is that kingdom? Well, if you read the book of Matthew, you find that Christ's kingdom is a literal, physical kingdom. There's coming a day that Christ is going to rule upon a throne on this earth. Now, He came and He offered Himself to the nation of Israel. They rejected Him. Uh, the Bible says in, later in the New Testament, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. Yeah, there's coming a day they're going to receive Him. There's coming a day He's going to return and set up His physical kingdom. It's a worldwide kingdom that will rule over both Jew and Gentile. It's a future kingdom. This is very important. The kingdom is not the church. The kingdom of Jesus Christ will be set up fully and finally at the second return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we're a part of the kingdom of God right now. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the kingdom of God is in you. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is within you. But someday, the Lord Jesus is going to set up His kingdom on this earth. And that, my friends, will be called the kingdom of heaven, literally the, the rule of heaven on this planet. Aren't you looking forward to that? Aren't you looking forward to His ruling presence here and the peace that the Prince of Peace will bring? Aren't you looking forward to ruling and reigning with Him? Well, Matthew is all about revealing to us the King and getting us ready for the kingdom. May I just pause and ask you, do you know the King today? Do you know Him personally? Are you ready for His return? Are you ready to rule and reign with Him? The word kingdom occurs 50 times. Think of that, 50 times in this one book. And the most frequent usage of it, 32 times, is for this phrase, the kingdom of heaven. It reminds us that the book of Matthew is not just a book of history, it's a book of prophecy. We're not just looking back at the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my friend, we're looking forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the same Messiah that came the first time is coming again. As we walk through the book of Matthew, you find in chapters 1 and 2 the presentation of the king. Now, he's born. He's presented to this world. In chapter 3 through chapter 4 and verse 11, there's the preparation for the king. This is the ministry of John the Baptist. It's Jesus' baptism and his initial temptation. And then beginning in chapter 4 verse 12 through chapter 18, you have the proclamation of the king. In this section, the Lord Jesus Christ is preaching and He's teaching. He's working miracles that are just illustrations of the truth that He's delivering. When you come to chapters 19 through 27, you have the passion of the King. And here we find Him going up to Jerusalem. We find His rejection. We find His, his torture. We find His crucifixion. This is His passion. What was His passion? Oh, my friend, to purchase salvation for every man. And then when you come to the final chapter of the book, Matthew chapter 28, you come to the power of the king. And here we see the power of his resurrection and the power of his great commission. I love this fact that the gospel according to Matthew that emphasizes the kingdom of heaven ends with Jesus going up into heaven and as he goes saying to his followers, look, go tell everybody. Go tell everybody because I am coming again. And did you know that the word righteous is used more in Matthew than any other gospel record. And why is it? Because it is Jesus Christ alone that makes us righteous. He is the only righteous one. 
I wish you'd study the titles given to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the King in the book of Matthew. He's called Jesus Christ. He's called the Son of David, the Son of Abraham. He's called Emmanuel, God with us. He's called the King of the Jews, the Governor, a Nazarene, the Lord, my beloved Son, the Son of God. He's called Master and Son of Man and Friend of Sinners. He's called the Son, the Lord of Sabbath, the Servant of God. He's called my beloved. He's called a greater than Jonah, greater than Solomon. He's called our elder brother. He's called the Sower, the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's called Good Master. He's called a Ransom. He's called the Prophet of Nazareth. He's called the Heir. He's called this stone, the Bridegroom. And yes, my friend, He's called the Risen Lord. Matthew shows us plainly that the Jehovah of the Old Testament is the Jesus of the New Testament. That the King of the universe is the King that is coming back to set up His kingdom and rule and reign on this earth. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I want to challenge you today to acknowledge the King in your own heart and life and then keep your eye on the sky today because at any moment the Lord Jesus Christ, our King, may return. Friend, when He comes, He's going to set up a kingdom unlike any you've ever seen. Aren't you looking forward to seeing Jesus face to face? I pray today, my friend, that you'll live in the reality of the King's presence because this will help you to enjoy the journey. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.